Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Mary Jane, congratulations. Oh, thank you. I just want to come out hot, come out off top and just say congratulations to you. Thank you so much. What are you congratulating me for? This beautiful spread that I've arranged with all these <laughs> snacks. We have cucumbers. We I have some mint and cucumber water. What's this goop? It's That's my new obsession. That's uh, the everything but the bagel uh, Greek yogurt style spread from Trader Joe's. Ooh, free, oh, free advertising right for Trader Joe's right off the top. But, They're well, going to be a sponsor. I, was want, I wanted to have... Um, a good spread for this because I am so excited that we're like adding video back in as a component and I wanted to make sure that we had a spread to show off for uh, all of our friends who who listen and now watch that we've got like great weed and great grub. Check out Top Tree Studio. Shout out Top Tree. Thank you for letting us record with you. Go to our YouTube channel and uh, check out our interview with Lisa Traeger on there. It was so fucking fun to hang out with Lisa. It was like, yeah, such a great stony conversation with great snacks. And uh, now we're recording this one here at my place because we're we're not at Top Tree today, but we will be back there with more live interviews with uh, fun folks when we're in L.A. And also sometimes we'll be on Zoom. We're flexible. We're bendy. We're scrappy. We are. Uh, I don't like this. You do not. I don't like this everything bagel dip. Okay. It's too tart and it doesn't have enough everything for me. Okay. It's like Greek yogurt is not cream cheese. So quit pre... <laughs> Look, I'm spitting cucumber everywhere. I'm angry. You hear that, Trader Joe's? Your dip sucks. Your dips fucking <laughs> suck, Trader Joe's. Listen, your hummus makes my stomach hurt, which I'll get into more in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, your your um, your zug, is that how you say it? Zug? You know yeah, where it's like zug? really spicy the green? green? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you do that pretty well. Yeah, that makes my butt hurt, though. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Trader Joe's, I need your dip section to get it together because I don't really like that. Okay, well, we have other, we have got snacks. We've got sumo uh, infused, fiery hot cannabis infused cheese crunchers right, over here. So if you're those not I digging love. The, okay, good. Yes. I'll take that. And we've got this uh, houseplant pre rolls, which I'm so excited to try with you. Wait, are these not on the market yet, Mary Jane? These are, uh, it's a fresh drop from uh, houseplant, and I believe they are not quite available yet. Wait a minute. So you got the Seth Rogen plug for the new houseplant pre rolls? I, we did. And you did. We I all, picked them up for you. <laughs> we also got one of Seth's ashtrays, which is we've got the little vase here. And the, did you say vase or vase? Vouge. Vouge? I have, say vouge. We have a vouge, <laughs> a vouge from mm-hmm. Seth. And we also have his cool uh, ashtray, the houseplant ashtray, which comes with this neat little saucer. So Holy we're, shit. we're all set up. I know. These those, sumos are hot. They're fire. I might not like this dip, but I do need this dip right now. <laughs> Ooh, I like this. This is my favorite sumo flavor, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cheese puff and cheese crunch girl. Mm. Yeah. Check them out. Sumo Snacks, 10 milligrams a bag. Really delicious. Um, I hate this Trader Joe's dip, but those are spicy edible chips. Mm -hmm. Delicious. Well, what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Really, really good. I missed you so much. Thank you. I missed you, too. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And um, snacks. Some good, some bad. Yeah. Calling out Trader Joe's, getting their act together. Why I know I'm coming in hot, and I know why I'm coming in hot, but before I, as I take this spice down the line, I want to genuinely say at the top of this episode, what I meant when I meant congrats was your Rolling Stone article dropped, and you've been working your ass off on it to 
elevate the conversation about people who need fucking visibility. And I don't want to say much more because it's your article to write. I'm just very not only proud of you and the work you've done, but it's um, it's just something that I know we both believe in so much. So thank you for putting in this hard work and finding a platform to put it on. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. That actually makes me a little uh, emotional because it uh, it's I feel like it's the biggest piece I've ever done because it's the most um, impactful, hopefully, because it is a look at the small farmers who are losing their businesses, livelihoods, and in some cases, lives here in California um, because of the uh, legal cannabis um, fuck up, basically. The fact that Prop 64, which legalized cannabis for adult use here in California, um, is pretty much a disaster. And, you know, in addition to having to contend with all the things that all farmers have to deal with, like drought and wildfire and the global supply chain and all that kind of stuff, regulation and taxation are crushing these small farmers and corporate cannabis is moving in to take over. And it's just a, it's like an extinction level event for a lot of these small farmers. And so thank you. I got to, I got to go to Mendocino. I spoke to a lot of incredible growers and activists and and industry insiders to get a bunch of different perspectives. And I tried to give a really comprehensive view of what's happening. And my incredible editor at Rolling Stone, shout out Liz, uh, Elizabeth Garber-Paul, and I worked really hard on it. And so I'm really, really pleased to be able to share it with everyone. Thank you. I'm very aware that I'm about to smoke Seth Rogen's houseplant as we talk about this, <laughs> yeah. I, but I'm also going to unapologetically say I'm a huge fan of houseplant, and I'm a huge fan of what Seth Rogen and his team are doing with it. Um, but as I light this, can we dive into the article a little bit more? Because um, if you don't have a subscription to Rolling Stone, we can at least share what the article is about and do a deep dive into it so everyone who listens to this podcast can understand what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, so the main thing about what's going on is that, you know, I think a lot of people think that the California cannabis industry is just this like huge, uh, you know, um, successful behemoth because it's the biggest marijuana market in the world, the biggest legal weed market in the world. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people who uh, came in to spend a lot of money who I think people think they're making a lot of money. But, you know, from the top down, corporate cannabis on down all the way down to the small farmers, uh, nobody's really making money because the price of wholesale cannabis has completely tanked due to the overabundance of available legally grown cannabis because of a licensing issue where basically like when Prop 64 was voted in, it was approved by 50%, 57% of voters in 2016, there was this like protective measure for small farmers. Okay. So basically the small farmers were freaked out that exactly what is happening would happen, that corporate cannabis would move in and push them out because, you know, small farmers in so many other areas too, small dairy farmers and small, you know, any kind of agricultural farmers have been pushed out by big agriculture and corporate interests. And so... Can I stop you right there for one second? Yeah. Because like to give a little bit uh, context before we move on from that, the idea of California cannabis when it was put on paper and that over the majority of it of people voted for it, yep. the promise was that there would be a little bit of an equal playing field, at least for a very long time, so that corporations can't come in to spy up all the land with their billions of dollars in investing. And you would have these small farms that have been there since jump and right. led the way to get here today. 
And so there was like caps on acreage that was being allowed to be bought. It was licensing caps, not licensing caps on caps. acreage. Like ca- cannabis, uh, you can buy as much land as you want, as you can, you know, as much as you can afford. But the deal was that these small farmers who are known as legacy farmers, who were basically the existing growers who were growing under Prop 215, or in some cases as unregulated growers, just the growers who were like doing their thing up doing in the Emerald Triangle, you know, the people who created the legendary cannabis scene that we have now, they're legacy growers. Yes. And they were going to be protected. Literally the people who sold me weed in St. Louis without me knowing where my weed was coming from, you were, probably. You were definitely smoking weed that was probably from, yeah, humble. Humble. If you were lucky. If you were fucking lucky. I, well, that's why I was 80 bucks an eighth. Like, <laughs> wow. Appreciate you. You could afford that when you were a teenager? I sold it. Oh, shit. And then I used it. And then <laughs> I flipped it, and then I made pizzas at Emo's, baby. Yep, that's how you did it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, these so these legacy farmers were really concerned about corporate weed coming in, and so uh, the... Prop Prop 64 uh, legalization advocates built in a protection for them. They said, we will not allow more than one acre to be licensed to an individual or business. So that meant that all small farms wouldn't have to face off against like multi-acre mega farms for five years. It was supposed to exist as a a measure to protect them for five years so that they could get a foothold in the legal industry and build up their infrastructure before they had to do the, the David versus Goliath battle with big weed. And I personally love that because I do think capitalism works as long as regulations are in place to give everyone an equal chance to get rich. Oh, yeah? I do. Huh. I do. I believe like this is a place where you can follow your dream. You can work hard. You can you need money to make it work most of the time unless you go viral on TikTok for taking off your shirt and dancing. And so I do believe like a five year like five years for somebody to make a huge splash in cannabis, maybe be that small craft flower, but it's the best flower out there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just the best flower out there at the end of the day. Like I have to believe five years would give somebody a chance to like knock and rock the socks off of California. I'm really interested in the concept that you actually think that capitalism works. Like who does it work for right now? Um, right now? Yeah, right now in oh, 2022. Man. Who who do you think capitalism is working for? Nobody except for everyone who it's working for that the we are uber not. fucking rich. Yeah. It is, capitalism is working great for all of the people who are predatory capitalists who are profiting off of the, you know, the pandemic, to be honest, at this point, like we all can look at what's happened and the fact that the wealthiest people in America have gotten wealthier as everyone else suffers is indicative of the fact that it's not working. Except for a very few people, so I th- maybe right? can I can I amend it then? I know this is kind of humorless, but like I feel pretty, pre- yeah. Please, I don't care that it's humorless. I think it's an important <laughs> conversation. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, if if I'm funny right now, it's by accident. Um, <laughs> I think like I think on paper, I have to believe in capitalism because I was raised in a country that's right where um, your dreams can come true. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm told. Like, I remember in history class, like, there's a whole section in my history book called Go For It, Man. Like, you know what I mean? But like, it's, I, it's... I would just say that, like, you were you were sort of taught that your dreams could come true because capitalism, that's not the truth at all. Your dreams will come true because you work hard and you believe in a democratic society, and that's democracy. And also, I would say, knowing your tendencies, like, I know that you do believe in a free market and you're maybe more libertarian than I am as yes. a socialist. Yes. But I don't know if you actually really... The, the amount that I hear you rail against authority in the establishment, I don't know if you do. I think you're playing devil's advocate right now. I don't think I am. I think it's just that the the way that capitalism is versus the way that in a in a in an industry that is still brand spanking new like weed, mm-hmm. the opportunity to do capitalism right is rife. No, and it's not. It's That's, not. I know, but it's, it's not frustrating. working. I'm telling you, oh. it isn't working. It is. 
it is truly I know it's not what we your need article is, shows people are like losing their lives and their yes, livelihood it doesn't work it's not working I we know. need social equity at every level we need people who were harmed by the war on drugs to have first entry into the system we need capitalism to go fuck itself predatory capitalism is going to ruin cannabis unless we stop it right now and the fact that governor gavin newsom isn't addressing it with you know this crisis unfolding where you know farms are going out of business there were 10,000 farms when prop 64 came into play and now there are i think 2,000 left and many farmers who are left are saying they're not going to make it through the year. It is not working. And it's like infuriating to go up to, you know, I went to the Emerald Triangle and I went to the Emerald Cup first. And to see these farmers who are like so resilient and so incredible and so determined and so, um, you know, full of still optimism and faith. And you, but they are stressed and they are not going to make it through unless something changes. And that's because at every corner like there's excessive everything they're they're regulating them out of the industry like um i spoke to uh one grower who was profiled in ladybuds which is a documentary that if you haven't seen it uh amazon prime i'm not sure exactly where it's streaming but it's called ladybuds and it profiles six women in the cannabis industry and you know trying to keep on in the regulated market and like they are facing you know taxes and licensing fees and having to report to all of these different agencies and wading through that red tape and then they don't have access to safe banking and then the price of wholesale weed is tanking so that when they come to harvest their crop it's not actually worth what they put into growing it yeah when you showed me the math that broke down um just like return on investment mm-hmm. when and how much these licenses cost like you're just losing money every single step of the way and there's genuinely you could sell all your weed and you still wouldn't be caught up to what you've paid yeah. to be legal and there are some farmers who are having to sit on their crops because they're just not willing to sell it for less than it's actually worth you know yeah so, so i spoke to one yeah. guy uh his name is john casali and he has a place called huckleberry farms up in humboldt and his family's been growing since the 70s and he broke it down he was like right now i'm able to get 500 a pound which is you know i mean just a couple of years ago it was 2000 a pound for cannabis so he's saying, uh, you know, at 500 pounds, then it's 150 or now it's $161 per pound cultivation tax before it even leaves the farm, which is the state tax. And then there's a trim fee that he has to pay, which is like 100 bucks a pound. And then there's the water board and the licensing fees and the j- distribution. It's so like Ticketmaster. It's, it's like hidden fee after hidden fee. And then there's a fee fee. And then there's fee fee. Fee fee. So, yeah. Anyway, it's just really a crucial time because what's happening that's awesome um, and is, you know, has some people feeling like, like there still is hope because these folks, I mean, they've been growing for decades and they've gone through everything. They've been shut down by the fucking DEA. They've been raided. They've had their gardens torn down and burned. They've been chased around by helicopters. Like, they've been through it. So they're they're willing to, like, keep trying, yeah. which is amazing. And they are, and they're lobbying at Sacramento, they're rallying to get the cultivation tax removed. They are, you know, writing open letters, pleading with Governor Gavin Newsom and policymakers and regulators to, like, wake up and see what's happening. And so that was the cool part. Like, that was the sort of, like, the optimistic note is that they're they're fighting. Okay. You know? uh, three things come to mind. The first one is things were in place for small businesses to uh, have that fair shot for five years. So what happened after that, and or did they did oh, they right. get the shot, and then the shot just didn't work out in their favor? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's such a good point uh, and question. They didn't get their shot because voters voted Prop 64 in in 2016, and that had the one-acre cap, which was the protection for the small farms. So they could grow and sell and go for and it. And not 
compete against mega farms like that. You know, it's like the mom and pop coffee shop um, not having to worry about competing with Starbucks. And mm-hmm. you're like, well, what are the, you know, there's room for everyone. With Starbucks, you know, one of the amazing, the talk about predatory capitalism, one of the things that they did was they moved into all of the towns and they would open up Starbucks near those mom and pop stores and then they would just drop their prices or they would open up Starbucks like on different corners, you know, and just like. That's what Amazon does. Yeah. If you have like, say you're selling scarves on Amazon mm-hmm. and they're going really well, they'll just find out what your scarf is, steal the design, find cheaper material overseas and then undercut you and push their scarves until you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. Some, the, the underminer. What is that from? Is that the uh, Incredibles? It's from Tom Green. Oh. He would run up to, have you not seen that? Oh, man. <laughs> we'll get back to the cannabis story in a second. The best Tom Green, Undercutter's Pizza, where he, where the pizza delivery guy would come up to a Canadian house in like Ontario or something with a pizza, and then he would run in with a tackle box yelling, Undercutter Pizza, Undercutter, and it would just be a box with crust and sauce on it, and he'd be like, what were your toppings? And he'd open the tackle box and try and maneuver the delivery out of the way and be like, how much are you paying for that? 17, I'll do 12, I'll do 12. And he's like throwing mushrooms on top of it and trying to shove it in their hand. So funny. So good. Is that what you're talking about? I love hearing that. It is not what I'm talking about. I need to see it. I hope we can. Can we find that? Like drop a link to that in the show notes because everyone needs to see this. Me included. No, I was. I think I'm talking about The Incredibles, that Pixar movie, where at the end, the like the new villain comes up and he's a mole and he comes up from out of underground and he's like, I am the Underminer. Oh yeah. And I just thought that was you know really cute. Probably not as funny as the Tom Green though. So five years. Yes. So this provision was voted in. It was voter approved, Prop 64. And then in November of 2017, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife lifted that protection after lobbying by a bunch of industry lobbyists, one of which was um, a company called Flourish, which was under the leadership of Steve D'Angelo, who was the executive director for Harborside. And um, I spoke to people who called him out on that um, lobbying. Because he's an activist. He's seen as a big, big cannabis activist here for the fight with the good fight. I mean, he's known as the father of legal cannabis. So he's, you know, he's been a huge deal um, in the industry for a very long time. And I spoke to a lot of growers who said that they were really uh, distressed by that lobbying on his behalf for big cannabis. Um, And then I also got comment from him. And he was like, I'm interested in keeping the price down for my medical patients as the executive director of Harborside. So, you know, there are a bunch of different ways to look at it and a bunch of different ways to spin it. But the deal is the one acre cap was lifted in 2017, November 2017. So as of January 1st, 2018, the growers who had been expecting a five year period to have that like not facing off with big weed didn't have that protection. And now we are in 2022. And... um, it's you know it really is like your, pro- <laughs> your promise that you're allowed to build your dream home and then two weeks into building your dream home a wrecking ball is just swinging around and knocking over everything that you're trying to build as you're building it like that's yeah. really how it feels yeah it's that's so fucked up yeah and so and now we're here today we're here today so they don't have they've never had the protection of that one acre cap there were large farms that were immediately able to grow a lot of cannabis and a company that could afford a lot of license could grow untold amounts of cannabis. Like you've got huge grows in Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo and places like this, but in Mendocino County where I visited and the rest of the Emerald Triangle and other counties in Northern California, their grows are often limited to a one acre, sorry, a quarter acre per license, which is 10,000 square feet. So there are these really pretty tiny grows and they're producing the world's best cannabis and in many cases they are you know like proprietary genetics to that farm like um huckleberry farms john casales he has like a strain that is only available from his farm so 
you know, like when we talked to Roy and it's Choi, dank. And yeah, when we talked to Roy Choi, and he was talking about monoculture, you know, uh, being a real problem with um, food and produce in in the food industry, uh, you know, the loss of a lot of these genetics is a huge problem with corporate weed as well. Yeah. So you know, there's a million problems and a million things to talk about with the story, but this was my first sort of like big overview, and I'm hoping to keep following it and diving into it as activists go to Sacramento and rally as. Hopefully, Governor Newsom's administration responds as, you know, activists uh, are able to work with government, like to have policy made that just works for everyone and not just for the big companies. And be able to use articles like yours for Rolling Stone to point to while lobbying for change, I think is a... I just hope that is also in consideration by them because I think Thanks. it's I think it's a valuable tool when you have uh, a little bit of a cosign. Well, you know, I think what for me uh, is important about it is just to have some of these small farmers um, have their voices heard in a really like, uh, you know, when you read cannabis industry news, it's kind of the same people all the time. It's the people who are very loud and out front. And a lot of these farmers exist in these little rural pockets of Northern California, and they don't have time to stop growing to go to Sacramento or to talk to the press. They are just focused on growing because that's, you know, they, they just don't have the money to stop. Yeah. So I was stoked to speak to some of those people. There was an amazing guy named um, Big Jake who runs a um, nonprofit corporation called MedVets, and he gives free medicine back to uh, military veterans. And he just talked about like growing up on legacy farms and what that life was like and how all of them gave back to their community. They spent their money locally. This is another thing with Amazon, right? Like if you're buying from Amazon and you're not spending money at your local hardware store or your local bookstore, they're going to go out of business. So these businesses were the economic lifeblood of these Northern California communities. And they did it without regulation. He was like, we started hospitals and schools and fire departments, and we never had to be told to do any of that. And now regulation is coming in and telling them that they have to like go through all of these things. He's like, of course, we're going to go back to growing on the legacy market. Yeah, we're going to go back to being unregulated because why would we try and do it your way? I mean, our good friend, I'll, I'll omit his name until I have permission to use it, but he always just says, oh, no, let's just keep weed illegal. Like, mm -hmm. what are we doing? Just keep it illegal and uh, let people do them. Uh, so. And that's the problem because we don't want it to be illegal. We want it to be like, you know... Re regulated in a way that works because being illegal you know obviously the problem with that is that people go to prison and also there's unregulated and untested product which you know isn't great it's so fucked up because we've like we've tried to pitch a bunch of like tv shows and things like that kind mm -hmm. of focused on weed and the note that we kept getting back was it's too niche nobody cares not enough people care about weed as a thing and as we continue to talk about news stories like this and capitalism which i've always said is a huge problem i've never agreed with right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, um this is like weed is such a new industry like take a fucking note every other industry so if, every time we'd get a note back like ah weed is too niche it's like it, the same thing that's happening in weed is happening all over the globe in every single industry yes. so it's not just this plant y'all it's not it's actually a fight between the forces of darkness and the forces for good real talk is that what star wars the new frontier should be about yes that is yes the okay. fight the fight for the heart of california cannabis is actually representative of good and evil okay go <laughs> and off. um i mean i feel like we could just like yeah come up with an entire cast and then you know we know who the villains are because oh, they make yeah. themselves themselves very apparent oh, and then you cut off a hand and they're never allowed to smoke a joint again no, they can never hold a joint again no <laughs> but then they get a metal hand and they turn into a super villain because their fingers are a clip <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh, jeez. It's all fucked That's up. That's awesome. Chewy Baka. He's just like got all those, that thing across his chest is chocolate bars. Oh, shit. How fun would that be? That would be pretty I fun. always thought they might be chocolate bars in his on his like little <laughs> bandolier. Because they look, <laughs> right, they look like unwrapped Hershey's. Yeah, totally. What is that thing? Is it ammunition? I don't know. He can't have chocolate. He's a dog. No. It's a real fucked He's up situation. A He's a, what is he? He's a, a Chewbacca. Chewbacca. <laughs> They're dogs. He's not a dog. Come on. Archie Mood would disagree with that. No, he says not. They're not. He's not related to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on on your article, I know we're spending a lot of time it's on it. But it's a lot of time on me, yeah. It's a huge deal. Or it's not me. It's not about me at all. It's about these farmers. Sorry. How weird ego moment. Carry on, Mike. Cool. Just wanted to let you unpack it. Don't like it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, there was a couple that you were talking to, and it's kind of how you re- decided to wrap up the piece as well, where they don't pay that trim fee. Or maybe they do, but it's just them. So it's just a two-person operation doing all of it from seed to sale. Yeah. And how um, I, I, it's just hard for me to wrap my head around the type of work that that takes and also how they're surviving and then how you wrapped up the article with the, uh, that quote as well. Awesome. The, yeah, um, their names are Hildy and Avery. They have a farm called Fireflower Farm in Mendocino. And they, yeah, that the only place that they can save is on labor costs because they have to pay all of the fees and regulations and licensing permits, licensing, licensing and permitting fees that everyone else does. So yeah, they do it. Everything from, you know, securing the genetics to all of the bookkeeping and everything to do with farming and trimming and somehow um, sleep, somehow eat. I don't know if they sleep and I didn't see the meat. So. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they actually prepared me a really gorgeous lunch of like a butternut squash soup. So they also have time to just be excellent people. Wow. Uh, who invited me. Yeah. Like I went and did a tour of their grow and it's in the, one of the world's most beautiful places. It was like this cottage on the sort of like tip top of a hill overlooking these snowy fields with clouds drifting by and we walked over to the hill, the grow across this little shaky trestle bridge that was over a roaring waterfall the whole thing was what the very hell? picturesque and so they live a beautiful life but it's also yeah incredibly hard and they were really cool to talk to because they were like we're not depressed we're optimistic we always knew this was going to be hard um avery was like you know for us farming is an act of faith and we are also just ready to be flexible and resilient. And and then Hildy uh, said something about, um, you know, how it's not a problem for them to work with all of the regulators because it makes her a better cultivator. And, um, you know, they're just trying to move forward without fear and ego. And they're just, you know, and I think that they are representative of a lot of the farmers as well. Like there are a lot of small farmers. There's another couple that I spoke to, Donna and her husband, John, who are also doing it all themselves. They've been growing since 2011. Um, they were suppliers for Harborside and they no longer have that contract. And, and they don't want to be acquired. They don't want to be bought out. They want no, to have, they want to own their own business. Yeah. They don't know. None of these farms want to be acquired. This is their livelihood. This is, yeah. this is the lifestyle. The plant for them is a way of life, you know? So anyway, just amazing people from all kinds of backgrounds. Some of, some of whom like, like I talked to one guy who had left the inner city 40 years ago to grow and he had a really amazing perspective that I didn't get to include in the article. So that's another thing is like, I'm really hoping that this is the first of many. Cool. Um, Do you want to share anything that was omitted from the article on him? No, no, quickly? no. Or I don't is want it to. not? Yeah. 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 Understood. I'll, I'll save it for a future article. Ooh, <laughs> damn right. Because this one is good and it sh- you should get more. Thank you. Nice. Well, congratulations. Um, and also, thank you. Thank you. You, very much for talking to me about it. Yeah? For a long time. (laughs) Why do you feel weird about that? 
you know, I don't, I, this is just never a comfortable space for me. Yeah. You better get used to it. You're going to be doing Ted talks. Oh my God. You're going to be doing no. Pulitzer speeches. Pulitzer. You're gonna get, how do you, it's P-U. It's Pulitzer, isn't it? P-U-L. Poo. Pulitzer. Pul- I think it's, well, I, you know what? I bet some people say Pulitzer too. I've always said Pul- Pulitzer. Pulitzer? You're never, if God you make, it. if you say Nobody that Nobody here is winning one. We don't need to worry about it. Pulitzer. Pulitzer. Yeah. That's um, how I say it. Yeah. Okay, great. uh but it was yeah it was like a good long i went to new york and i had a few days of working on it while i was there and i was glad to like have the space away from the animals and everything so thank you for hanging out with them while i was gone to just be able to really drill down into it because it was like yeah yeah. it's heavy no problem i I like your animals they like you so much yeah wait i I, mm, what they like i don't know Mm. They hate each other. <laughs> Sorry. I know. They your hate each other. Your animals straight up hate each other. Your dog and your cat are so s- cliche that it's it's cliche as fuck. I, I mean, don't know how else to describe it. Listen, Archie Moo had the run of the everything. He uh, like came to live with me and he was like, so this is it, huh? You and me forever. And I was like, yep, just us, kiddo. Yeah. And then Bobo entered the picture and Archie was like, what? Is this? Well, that's weird because it's a it's a newer <laughs> addition, so it's like a younger brother. But actually, he's like 106, so he's it's old an older brother. Yeah. You brought in an older brother. Oh man, dude, I know. that's on you, man. Sorry, yeah. And, you brought in an older brother, and Bobo was so dominant. So he showed up, and he was just immediately like, "My house? Why are you here?" And Archie was like, "Oh, I thought it was just us. Oh no, I'm totally freaking out." And <laughs> then. It was so funny because so Bobo came to us from a family that um, had had him for a very long time and had to give him up because one of their kids was allergic. My friends held in Matt. And um, so Bobo just like had had this like legendary reputation with them for 12 years of like murdering everything around their house in Brooklyn to the point where he had to wear a lobster bib to keep him from killing birds. Whoa. And so he came to us with this just like crazy. Covered in blood, slicked back. Basically, yeah, this reputation. Oh, did he have a little Hannibal Lecter mask when they (laughs) dropped him off at your house and they were like, he's yours, see you later. And they just peeled out. Yeah, they were like, bye. And I was like, oh, he lives here now. But then when so when I was moving to LA, I called them up and I was like, you know, we're all moving to LA thinking that like maybe Bobo would go to a different home in Brooklyn. And they were like, no, he's, you know, happy with you, I think. Yeah, and you fell for that. So he he moved here with me, and I don't think anybody expected it to last this long. Like, nobody expected this to be the way it is for this amount of time, so... That's time for you, huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's like the pandemic. How, where, what? Man, your snack game for this one. Thank you for providing them, but I am not feeling any well, you of don't this. Have to, okay. What are these, cucumbers? Jesus Christ, yes. I'm just going to have a fucking cheesy... Cucumbers, it's like styrofoam water. It's... It's like if you were eating a mannequin that was like in, if soaked in wow. water. Wow, I love cucumbers. I like cucumber sandwiches, even. With what? Just like um, um, very classic, like heavy, heavy, heavy butter. On the oh, on the inside of the thinly, bread. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, on the inside of the bread. I was picturing slabs of butter on top of cucumbers. Oh, I do love buttered radishes. Have you ever had a buttered radish? I have, thanks to you. You made them for me. Yeah. So similarly with cucumbers, like you, you don't want to just eat a bag of radishes, but if you butter them and put a bunch of salt on them, delicious, or pickle them or whatever. Cucumber, you know, you pickle that, it's, well, a pickle. Right. So that's delicious. Right. <laughs> but also a cucumber sandwich with a ton but of butter But cucumber in its pure form uh-huh. is probably the least delicious anything of wow. all the food pyramid. 
That's a really strange um, viewpoint. But. Because celery is great because it has texture, even though it's it's still a water mannequin. Mm-hmm. Celery is much better mm-hmm. because of its textural component. Okay. And it's a boat, so it can hold deliciousness inside of it. Sure. A cucumber is is like a beta test celery. Wow. Yeah. I wonder how jicama would feel about all that. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever had jicama? I have. Why are you asking me like... I'm just wondering what other things you're going to hate on. Like, how do you feel about water chestnuts? <laughs> hate them. <laughs> Actually, I hate those too. So I guess you I just don't... don't like a, a watery crunch. Exactly. You like it to be dry. I like a dry heave. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Should we get to the news? Yes. <laughs> I oh. got to snack on some more of these. These are so good and they really are hot. The shout sumos? Out. Yeah, shout out sumo. Oh my god. Yeah, this is a good combo. House plant with sumo snacks? Yeah, oh, this is a nice thing. This, so this is um Ice Fog, which is you know so they name all of their um weed after uh weather phenomena. You know, pink moon, uh bomb cyclone. I thought it was after American gladiators. Diablo wind. <laughs> <laughs> so ice fog is peanut butter breath uh crossed with lava cake. And this is testing at 25.30 THC. And it's super tasty. I think it's 04, but whatever it says. Okay. But let's get to the news. Okay. I think it's working. <laughs> Great. It is the Grubla Gazette. The Grubla Gazette this week is coming to you from High Times Magazine. And it is a scintillating story. Papa John's launched hemp sticks appetizers in select countries. So, you know, Papa John's, the racist guy, and then... I thought he got fired. And then he got fired, but he says that the reckoning is coming. Mm-hmm. Well, Papa John's, without his uh, allowance, released hemp sticks in the UK and Russia, which is essentially still just a... Um, oh, it's five ingredients. Okay. Uh, in the UK and Russia. Yeah. That's like a weird. Okay. Making alliances wherever we can. Uh, it's a six <laughs> ingredient dough and basically brushed with garlic sauce and hemp on top. Okay. And the reason it's kind of news is just because like the idea of hemp um, in any kind of chain mm-hmm. coming from America and going global is kind of interesting to me. E- yeah. Even though it's just for like a little bit of crunch and a little bit of like, I don't know, woodsy funky and, and, tastiness and novelty right and like, novelty yeah well that's the part i was going to get into next but first i wanted to talk about how i am excited to if corporations would do a little bit of capitalizing on like <laughs> hemp and cannabis spoon feed me capitalism in this episode because like it'll help normalize <laughs> and people will get on board listen i'm not saying that i don't want to sell weed and grub to uh, audible or wherever would have us not spotify for like uh, you know, a hundred million dollars. If someone came maybe in and they Spotify. were like, "We just maybe, yeah." <laughs> no, if they gave us a ton of money, to, uh, you know, of course, of course, like people should be able to be comfortable and buy homes and support their families and do whatever they want. And of course, that is important, but not not in the current model. Speaking and you know what? The UK and Russia both have universal health care. Do they? Yes. Well, I'm actually not sure about Russia, but I'm guessing that it probably has uh, some form of like state sponsored health care. And the UK has great health care under the NHS. <clears throat> so <laughs> <laughs> that's the real news i'm like i just make everything less Mary, fun Mary Jane's like facts. hey do you want to pick the news this week i was like yeah and i was like oh papa john's and then she's like actually it's actually about universal health care <laughs> <laughs> so sorry oh i can't help myself sometimes okay <sighs> well the, let's hear the about these that, breadsticks <laughs> sure oh great <laughs> my sweet spot um <laughs> 
So that's actually the part that I wanted to, that was interesting about this news story to me, the second part, is that their promo for it is this like 1970s peace sign, disco, psychedelic, um, have you tried our hemp superfood hemp sticks from Papa John's yet? Get on board, dude. Yeah. And a part of me was like, yeah, great, fun, tongue in cheek. And the other part of me is like, can we fucking stop it with the psychedelic bro bullshit oh. finally? Like, come on, y'all. Are you kidding me at this point? Snoop Dogg just like dipped behind the counter to get high before crushing the Super Bowl. Like, what are we doing? He his hand this? on stage. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> fucking even better. So mm-hmm. can we stop with the whole wow, wow? Yeah, I feel that. I definitely feel that. Do you? Yes. I I just think it's bullshit, man. I do, but I also just have... Who's it work on? uh, Oh, you were going to say it. Everybody. I I I do have an affinity for it because uh, of what it represents. And it's actually great that they're using that because it means they're kind of embracing the meaning of it, which which is a countercultural meaning, right? Like that movement was the counterculture. And so for a big brand to use it to sell this product, I guess, uh, on some level, I could argue that it's like a great thing because they're leaning into the kind of like the druggy aspects of it. Uh, but they're also just like, you know, capitalizing on uh, counterculture and, you know, using it to sell their fucking product. So either would way. Would you believe that people who might not be on board with weed would see this, get a chuckle and be curious to try it? Yes, I do. Then I think it's a win. I, I got to take that as a win. I feel then. like it's going to make people curious. Well, it's a win for Papa John's for sure. <laughs> right. But for everything you're saying to push back been against why I'm mad at that mm-hmm. if it is getting people oh, on board who wouldn't be on board because you just want it to be like cooler and more modern and more sort of like yeah I wish yeah. everything was like a, a supreme drop in my life right. you totally. know what I mean yeah I understand totally um, I'm not against this at all yeah I think it's fine and you know the hemp movement in um, the US and around the world is like a really cool kind of like cannabis adjacent movement that you know really has nothing to do with getting high so like it's just people who are like this plant will save the world we can make everything from it hempcrete for homes and you can like use it for you know food and you can use it to make cloths and paper and you can use it to fucking make everything clothing and you know um, condoms fuel (laughs) hemp condoms definitely Mm -hmm. yes they are great (laughs) you just wrap your dick in a leaf It would have to be two leaves because there'd be one around the uh, outside of the shaft and then one over the top of the tip. Oh, God, that sounds so uncomfortable. And I just imagine, like, your dick would look like a tie stick. Oh, yeah, it would. Oh, my God. So maybe not the condoms, but everything (laughs) else. Or put the tip of the leaf, the stem, in the hole. No. Block it that way. Ow. I don't I'm pitching. Woo. Um, I don't even have a dick, and that sounds so painful that it just made my whole body hurt. Uh... Yes. Anyway, so the, but the hemp movement like globally is pretty amazing and very like robust because people who are trying to save our planet and who are, you know, like it's ringing the alarm about climate change. Um, many of them are hardcore hemp activists because they feel like that's the answer. To yeah. Grow hemp and, um, you know, stop cutting down forests and um, burning peat, you know? Yep. So, so anyway, that's the news. Breadsticks. Papa John says <laughs> breadsticks. Papa John says breadsticks. <laughs> Man, I smoke some weed and I get on a fucking high horse, don't I? Okay. It's great. I don't think people hear, like, I I think this is one of the first times on this podcast that you've dove in and let loose and opened up like this. And I think hopefully people like, I like it. I feel like I do this fairly occasionally, fairly occasionally, fairly often. Fairly occasionally. Fairly occasionally often. Sometimes, kind of. Once in a while, all the time. (laughs) Word. Um, what else is happening, Mike? I was away for like a week. You hung out with the animals. You watched them feud and you like did comedy every night, I feel like. Yeah. I almost shit my pants in Palm Springs. What? Yeah. So that's my, this is my half of the pod. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> up front, yeah. Cannabis crisis in California. Back half. Almost shit my pants. Great. Yep. It was bad, man. Let's hear it. I drove all the way to Palm Springs. Okay. I got to take you through the day leading up to me standing up in the bottom, dropping out of my body. Great. I need to know everything that happened. So I woke up with this motherfucker, Archie Moo, mm. and I was like, okay, I got to drive to Palm Springs. If you leave at like three, it's a six hour drive instead of two. Uh-huh. So I was like, I got to leave early to beat all this traffic. I'm going to walk Archie for like a half hour. He'll like poop himself in three bags. I'll be like, come on, baby, let's get a four. I want to He does. Flex. Yeah, he's good. He, he gets him. And so uh, I do all that, pack up, get ready. Um, but before I go, I'm like, uh, I should make another pot of coffee and eat some food so that I can just go straight through on the road, drink coffee, and I won't pull over to be hungry. So I made a two egg deli meat sesame oil um shredded cauliflower or shredded broccoli (laughs) carrot coleslaw tempeh olive oil and hot sauce bowl colon blow (laughs) i think is the name of that dish right looking back (laughs) i was like i wonder if it was colon blow i wonder if it was the egg deli meat broccoli coleslaw bowl i made before i left to hit the road i wonder (laughs) And so then I poured a pot of coffee in a thermos Jesus, and hit the road and still hit traffic. So I was in traffic until like five o'clock, just sitting there drinking a whole pot. And then (laughs) our friend and I get to the, I get to the theater and I am like sweaty and not good. And I'm like, oh, it's because I was in the car for five hours, like listening to podcasts, melting my brain. I I should take a walk around the block. I take a walk around the block. It gets worse. Oh. I see our friend Christina. Shout out Fruit and Flower. Yep. Um, she came to the show with two friends. Thank you for coming. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm the last one up, and as uh, our butt of the week last week, Zach Miller, at Zach Miller Dog, calls my name and goes, give it up for Mike Glazer. And I stand up and my stomach drops directly onto my asshole. And I can't describe how fast I had to like shut the gates. <laughs> You're reminding me of Lord of the Rings when they're retreating into Helm's Deep. <laughs> You know, they're like, get in before the fucking, you know, the hordes of orcs arrive. And they're like, the last person comes in and they manage to slam it shut. But yes, I I imagine your butt was like Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep butt. (laughs) Helm's Deep butt. And I I have the video of me on stage. And at one point, my arm is over my head and my legs are crossed (laughs) tight. And I'm trying to perform. And... I'll have to, maybe I'll put the picture up. I'll show it to you first. But it is like unbelievable, and uh, and yeah, I would give I'd give that show a six out of ten. Wow, for sure. Wow, were you when you had your arm over your head and your legs crossed? Were you like trying to like twist yourself up like a saltwater taffy in a piece of paper? I it was because you know that like, yes, great description, saltwater taffy indeed. Because it was that moment of fight or flight where it's right. like I'm supposed to be doing twenty to thirty minutes here, <laughs> um, so I'm gonna need my mind to just say the words, and my body will be its own being. So it was almost like patting my head and rubbing my stomach yeah. at the same time so that I could like do the comedy while my butt, my body is like trying to like twist tie itself around some fucking salt water. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. It yeah. was great. It yeah. was great. <laughs> I dated a guy years ago who shit himself on stage when he was in no. a play. Yes. And um, 
he crapped his pants in I think it was dinner theater maybe I don't remember the whole story oh my god so he shall oh remain gosh. nameless but um it was a fucking awesome actor and um we did a show together that's how we met and every night before the show backstage he would take this little white pill and like this was in the 90s when like you definitely didn't see people taking medication before shows um I feel like it's more common now maybe yeah yeah but uh I was so like curious about it and I finally mustered up the courage to ask him and he took an emodium every night. Oh my, from nerves and Yeah. Oh, he was like geez. I had this thing happen one time and uh, I just get so um yeah. So concerned. <laughs> yeah, so um I don't know. I'm really glad you didn't actually poop your pants on stage, Mike. Man, I'll tell you what, there was a moment where I thought I did. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to have to like make a choice. You know what I'm saying? Make a choice to just go. Just to leave. Oh, leave the stage? Oh, man. Yeah. Because oh, you wouldn't have actually pooped yourself on stage. You would have left the stage before that happened, or would you actually poop yourself and continue? When I stood up and the gates <laughs> to Mordor shut, or whatever that Helms Lord Deep. Of, Helms Deep shut, I immediately Jason borned it and I clocked all the exits. <laughs> uh-huh. And I knew my exit. I knew my my exit points if if needed on that first step towards the stage. If I need to, like, <laughs> oh my god, Jason Bourne, out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. So that's what's up with me. That's really pretty. Do you, is is there any world in which you could have just stopped the show for a minute to like leave the stage and come back? That's an impossibility, right? It is definitely possible. <laughs> in that moment, what I have thought to myself, Mike. Just be honest. Right. And say, hey, guys, I know we just said my name, but let's take 10. And also, <laughs> don't come in that way. <laughs> we'll be right back. Sure. I certainly could have done that as like option C or D. Definitely. Maybe next time I'll keep that in mind. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, well, you've been doing other comedy that where you weren't pooping. Oh, shit. Feel, feeling like you needed to go, right? And that's all been going really well. I mean, when I came and saw you at El Cid a few weeks ago, that was like one of the best nights I've had out at um, that same show. It was Hemper's Comedy. Oh, thanks. Well, then I'll just say if you're in Sacramento, San Diego, uh, Arizona, Los Angeles, Santa Cruz. Oh, my God. Are you just doing that or, song from Animaniacs? Uh... Yeah, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, any of those places um, on my Instagram. I'm doing some cool shows coming up out and about all over L.A. Can you talk or about, all over California? Can you talk about what you're doing um, for in, 420 yet? In, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, we're doing a huge 420 show at the Sacramento Punchline. So please come through. I think we're going to have a shitload of giveaways. I know you. I know I want to talk to you about doing something. Our friend Ali Lou is going to be featuring. Yeah. And man, I don't know. To, to be to be trusted to throw a fucking party at a comedy club on 420, mm-hmm. I'm so goddamn stoked. I can't wait. It's going to be such a good time. The last time we were in Sacramento, I had such a good time. Also, while we're there, we can just like go rally on the Capitol steps real quick and be like, what's up, Newsom? Oh, I can shit there, too, like I did in <laughs> like Texas. Did in the Texas Capitol. I'm going to grab you a lighter. Okay. Yeah, I'm ruining all your matches. That's the only problem with these houseplant yeah. uh, situation. I need them. I'm a lighter guy. You're a lighter guy. Yeah. Um, if this is your first one you're listening to, anybody whose politics I disagree with, I take a shit in their Capitol building. <laughs> and right now, Gavin Newsom, I'm not feeling you. So We will have a great time in Sacramento. I would love to do something. Thank you. Now that you're asking me officially on the podcast, yes, Mike, I accept. Uh, appreciate the offer. Great. Any Good. opportunity I have to uh, get on stage. I did have an audition recently for the first time in... A million years and that felt fucking awesome and crazy and um so yeah i'm definitely looking for opportunities to get 
get back on stage. Excellent. Yeah. Um, congrats on auditioning. Yeah, Welcome I just back. made your entire uh, comedy tour about me auditioning for a show. Well, look, this one <laughs> I think is going to go in my favor. The breadstick universal healthcare one, I feel like definitely tilts in your favor. Yeah. I'd say it's a good balance. Okay, good. Yeah. But anytime cool. you want to make any point I prove about you, please do it. Because yeah. I, I care about what's up in your life. <laughs> know Thank what I'm saying? You. I do. Cool. Um, uh, oh, speaking of people I want to shout out because I care about their lives, um, we have someone who DM'd the uh, Instagram, and also they and I DM'd last night about Tournament of Champions. I bought Discovery Plus for one one month mm-hmm. because I want to catch up on all my favorite Food Network shows, and there's one called Tournament of Champions, and it is all the fucking Food Network stars, top chefs, everybody in like a NCAA basketball bracket tournament. Ooh, season three is coming. I'm binging season one and two right now. And shout out to Austin because we were talking about it last night. And so, uh, hold on, I'll pull up that thing. But in the meantime, get Discovery Plus and watch that. Yeah, also that's where um, Goring Belushi is. Our uh, friend Jim Belushi uh, is doing a fucking awesome show where he's like hanging out on his Oregon cannabis farm and having amazing guests like Guy Fieri. Yeah, come on the pod. Yes. So, uh, shout out to, I'm just going to say it's austin danner mm-hmm. animation danner um yo shout out to your schedule r- right now and uh, i don't know we sent each other pictures last night of each of us blazing uh-huh it was real cool really cool person thank you for supporting us thank you for joining our patreon even though it is on hold right now because we're doing some pretty big shit <laughs> and uh yeah i just wanted to shout them out and also nice. thank you all for writing all those reviews recently as well yeah we got some nice reviews that's always such a help for anyone who like hasn't given us a review and you dig the show please if you have a second uh give us a review leave a bad one i'm tired of everyone loving us no way man give us five stars and say something nice <laughs> don't listen to him <laughs> i want i want conflict that's the way to gain oh traction in, Amer- in america is to be problematic it's much easier than doing a good job uh, yeah no you're so right it's like everyone yeah. talks Talk shit Although, about us, yeah, fucking hate us, no, but blow wait. up our spot. No, I don't want to be like that at all. I like the shit that's happening right now, like uh, Abbott Elementary, where Quinta Brunson, who you know, no, I know Kate Peterman, but oh. I would, I would say that Quinta and I have nodded curtly to each other oh, and then okay. continued walking. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah, because I know she uh, was like at BuzzFeed for a while, and then she's just created this show, Abbott Elementary, and it's because her elementary school teacher made such an impression on her, and she's like made this show that's giving everyone hope. It's like. It's fucking cool. So I just would like to use that as the model um, rather than conflict and heartbreak because there's just so much of that and everything's just so crazy. And <clears throat> I don't know. The one thing that I really love about this pod is like, no, even if you and I are disagreeing, it's in the service of like hopefully being kind of funny and entertaining, you yeah, know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's a good but most point. But most of the conflict out there in the world is just, just you know, it's too much. It's too much for me. <sighs> Feel better? Yeah, I do. I feel better. Also, I want to. If you're shouting people out, I want to shout out. And this isn't buds of the week yet, is it? No, but this is a loose moose. We can do yeah. whatever the fuck we want. That's right. It is a moose. Um, Leave I'll, that one star review. No, we love their structure. My, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to shout out our friend Jordan Wanamacher, who I met in real life for the first time. She and I have known each other through the internet for I think seven years. We fig- we calculated. We like were both part of this like weird Facebook group that we both left, but then we stayed in touch, and then. Oh, that'd be a good podcast. Uh, that fucking kooky, culty, oh, girl cult? insane shit. Yeah, I don't even know it exists anymore. It was All like right, a, good. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was an intense place, and we both left. And then, like, I've tracked her career since we left, and uh, she's been listening to the pod, and so we feel like we've been hanging out this whole time, and we, like, text each other randomly. And anyway, I was in New York, and I had lunch with her, and it was like... 
so dope. And, you know, it was like a pretty emotional, like fun lunch. Uh, like, I mean, you know, we were just like full of feelings about it. And it was really cool. So shout out Sandwiches? Jordan. Uh, no. Oh, my God. It was so good. We had a uh, roasted cauliflower and a burrata starter. Ooh. And we each had a chinar cocktail. Wait, I have cauliflower questions. Is it yes. sliced like a... Like thin and flat, so you can scoop it in the burrata, or is it whole florets? No, no, no. There were separate dishes. Sorry, the burrata was one dish, and then there was also another dish of roasted cauliflower oh, with nice. like raisins and um, pine nuts, I think, or almonds. Sounds like a curry, warm kind of a thing. It was delicious. Great. And we had chinar cocktails, and um, have you ever had chinar? I've never heard of it. It's C Y N A R. Ooh, Wordle, let's go. And it is made from artichokes, and cool. it's like this bitter, yummy. Um, you know, it's like you mix it with, I had it in my case with Prosecco and Jordan had it with soda. Totally delish. And then we had cacio e pepe, um, bucatini and a beautiful kale salad that was covered in ricotta. And the whole thing was fucking delightful. That sounds so good. You also covered the entire like Italian cheese gamut in one lunch, which congratulations. Yeah. That is a goddamn cool move. If you can fit all those cheeses into one sit down. God bless. It was some good ordering. Jordan knows what's up. Also, Jordan does like the greatest uh, self-care wellness routine of any human I've ever met. Well, it can't be better than forgetting to drink water for four days and <laughs> sleeping from 2 a.m. to uh, 10.30, or no, 2 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Is that what you're up to? That's what I'm killing it. Yeah. I'm eating fridge bowls that <laughs> give you diarrhea. You're like, pooping your pants <laughs> on stage and like, yeah, wow. Yeah, sometimes I'll like drink water and then my head will stop hurting. I'm like, damn, water. <laughs> Damn, you Damn. can you really do do it. <laughs> just so cool. <laughs> Sorry, so, um, no, so what is what does Wanamaker do that's better than that? Uh, oh no, we were just joking about it because she mentioned uh, like eating an edible and having a mustard bath and how wonderful that was. And I was like, oh, you're the wellness queen. And she listed. She was like, oh, and then she listed her whole nighttime routine of. Is like, it like mustard seeds in bath water? Mm, is that the idea of a mustard bath? No, I think it's a powder that's made from mustard. Oh, that will, like that, like because you can use mustard um to draw toxins out like you can make oh. a poultice with mustard um and so i think a mustard bath is similarly like you know just to like draw everything out and just make you feel great i'd love and to then, do that yeah she listed a whole bunch of other stuff too and i was like you are very good at you know taking great care of yourself and i admire that so much so um i'm gonna try try my best to do two more of it Me although too. i need to come over to your house to do it because i don't have a bath uh i'll clean my bathtub for you yeah yeah. You'll clean. Okay, cool. For real. I'm going to come over and bathe at your house. Then. Take, like, you, you have a, well, I don't want to say that. Uh, <laughs> okay. How do I want to say it? Just let me know. Okay, I will. <laughs> I'm not just going to, like, show up and be like, here I am, yeah. ready to get in your bathtub. I almost said carte blanche, and then I just, like, had this flash at, like, 7.30 p.m., and I was of like. me just being like, hi, I'm here. <laughs> For like, what? Oh, you're like, oh, I was just going to, like, do my thing. <laughs> I want you here in my bath. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have like candles and wine and your Bluetooth speaker. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and Archie. <laughs> and Archie and Bobo and like a loofah. And We're here. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. yeah. All of a sudden I like, you like spin around like uh, Wonder Woman and my whole place looks like your place. And yeah. I'm like, holy shit. I brought all my stuff. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, I would love to, to try this mustard bath. Yeah. Uh, yo, ooh, I'll combine it with a Kush Queen bath bomb. Oh, or maybe just do the Kush Queen bath bomb and then, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. Don't give me notes great. on my health I'm so I'm sorry. I'm thinking about drinking water sometimes. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm going to have this cucumber water stick, which is very good for you. Uh, I did also want to shout out something that I am having a problem with, and that's the um, 
MF on a happy hour bar sign because I was walking Archie and I saw we went down Sunset and you know how there's all those consecutive bars Mm -hmm. and each of them has that little sidewalk chalk sign that gets in your way so that you have to read it to go around it which I think is good marketing but also get out of my way and every single one of them said um, happy hour MF Mm -hmm. 4 to 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. and I was like pretty high and I started laughing because I thought it was like happy hour motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) From four to six, and I was like, "That's kind of cool." Yeah, That's and they're fun. all saying it. Yeah, they're happy like, what hour, up? motherfucker! Come through, motherfucker! Mm-hmm. Happy hour over here. <laughs> that made me giggle. It's what does it stand for? Uh, motherfucker. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Do you want to get to Buds of the Week? I do. Okay. I'm kind of, I feel like we ju- we're doing double Buds because of Austin and Jordan, but um, I do actually have a Bud of the Week that I would like to shout out. All right. First, you heard it here first. Now we do double Buds sometimes. Double Buds, just like we're going to, oh, we got to get into, well, I'm going to save that for another app. Um, what? What? Double Sundays, Mike. Shit, dude. Yeah. Should we just have this one be longer than usual or should we hold double Sundays for another time? I mean, now that I've floated it, I don't want to have to edit this out. So let's talk about it. I can't wait. I get those articles. I get a blog every morning from Seth Godin, who, um, for a lot of what he has to say, I really like. And he just wrote about coming up with a new holiday for yourself personally. Like, yeah. treat yourself, whether it's once a week, once a day, once a month, something where it's like you create a holiday for yourself. And that was two weeks after I had pitched the idea of double Sundays to you, mm-hmm. which is um, Sunday is another Saturday. And then Monday is a Sunday. <laughs> so, so, so it's a long weekend. It's a long weekend. Like, well, like today's President's Day when we're recording this. Yes. So like federal holidays are a double Sunday. Yes. That's but right. I think that we should have more double Sundays than just federal holidays. Like, right. I think like one double Sunday a month would actually be fantastic. Everyone needs it. I think we should lobby to make this happen. Let's do that when we're in Sacramento. Um, Will you include this in your next Rolling Stone piece? Yes, we need, in order to solve the um, California cannabis crisis, we need double Sundays <laughs> once a month, in addition to all of this other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Petition here, and it's like yeah. double, Glazer's double Sunday. Glazer's double Sunday. And then that's the thing that gets passed, of course, because they always yeah, pass totally. the legislation that's like the least helpful but mm-hmm. then it ends up being really successful and then you're like a fucking state hero and then other states adopt double sundays and then oh we can backdoor like sundays. weed shit in backdoor well, then. and then you become like a national phenomenon and then it goes around the world it spreads globally then you're elected to office maybe you become president and it's all because of double sunday and then weed is legal and everyone's out of prison and boom bop yep cool and i want to be the uh secretary of um Serious shit. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, probably. I'd probably be like the Secretary of Transportation or something. Yeah, you, you love know. that. Love a map. Yeah, the Secretary of Bureaucracy. <laughs> no, I want to be the Secretary. Yeah, because when I'm president, I'm gonna be like, I hate capitalism because it's great. And you're like, okay, so here's like a couple things. <laughs> the Secretary of Facts. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Great. The Secretary of Actually. <laughs> that's uh, what we're going for. Okay. Awesome. So that's double Sundays. double Sundays. I just think like once a month, a double Sunday would do the world well. I am so into this idea. I think we should revisit it. You know, just bring it up every so often. Okay. Because like, if you think about what Friday is, Friday is like, ooh, I just got off of work. I'm going to go out. Maybe I'm going to eat a meal. Maybe I'm a little bit tired from the week. So I'm going to like party a bit, sleep. And then Saturday. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Saturday rocks. Mm-hmm. Saturday is like all bets are off. What am I doing today? But then Sunday in the back of your mind... Monday's right around the corner. Oh, Sunday is your like, Sunday. yeah, it's like a brunch mm-hmm. thing, but you're still back in bed early maybe and all of that. 
oh no, but if you know a double Sunday is coming up, mm-hmm. I think I would work harder the other three weeks with seven days in them mm-hmm. because I know that double Sunday is like coming in. My Sunday is actually a Saturday. Fuck, man. It's such a mind fuck. But yeah, Sunday is actually a Saturday and then the second Sunday is a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay, you heard it here first. I love it. It's yeah, going to go. It's great. I think we should all, yes, try and write this in on it the next It starts ballot. with an Instagram poll. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll put we'll post that when this episode drops. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, buds of the week. Yeah, first or second. I will go first. Cool. My bud of the week this week is uh, the Mendocino Cannabis Alliance, which is at mendo.cannabis on IG, and they are headed up by Michael Katz, who is just an incredible advocate. He used to run the Emerald Exchange. Did you ever go to the Emerald Exchange no. in Malibu? He was like one of the founders of the Emerald Exchange, was this, which was a B2B NorCal to LA thing where like the farmers would bring down their best shit to LA and it was like on a ranch in Malibu. It's where I did that dab that I'll sometimes refer to as like the one, the universal yeah. truth dab. Um, yeah, so he's just been, you know, in, in the industry for a long time, like making waves and doing good work. And he now heads up the Mendocino Cannabis Alliance, which basically represents the um, Mendocino County's cannabis cultivators and small farmers. And so he was the one who, uh, when I reached out to for this article for Rolling Stone, connected me with so many of the people that I spoke to and actually served as a guide for me for a couple of days. He, like, you know, took me around Mendocino and um, he was running the Small Farms Initiative at the Emerald Cup. So, you know, he heads up the Mendocino Cannabis Alliance, and uh, I hope that everyone can just give that a follow because it's an organization that's doing incredible work. Is it Mendo.Cannabis or is there no dot? It's Mendo.Cannabis. Cool. Yep. Uh, and that's my butt of the week. Great butt of the week. Thanks. Great butt of the week. Who's yours? My butt of the week isn't on Instagram. It's a YouTube channel. Oh. I want to shout out, so a uh, family friend, the Bergs, Lisa, Terry, Ryan, and Eric. Eric and I were the closest in age, so... Uh, we were going through school together. We were never really uh, that close, very different interests, but we always got along, I hope, I think, in mm-hmm. my head. And his family, super into guitars and super into cars. And those are two things that are a little out of my depth. And so anything I learned was through Eric and his family. Well, it turns out now, cut to 100 years later, he's married. Eric has a salvage yard where he sells like premium engine parts all over the world for any type of car and on a whim he started a youtube channel called i do cars wow and the thing fucking blew up and now he has 104 last night when i checked it, it was 103 now he's at 104,000 subscribers on i do cars and i'm just so happy for a dude who loved cars his whole life i have like known and then known of for so long and then he just got a plaque from youtube that says congrats on 100,000 subscribers so if you're a gearhead if you're interested in seeing engines being taken apart by somebody who is funny and incredibly knowledgeable check out i do cars on youtube and for real congrats eric wow that's so neat and that is you know making your dreams come true in a in a society that you were talking about yep i think so i think that's it thank you and he won the episode he won the episode oh, uh, yes so that's that's an awesome butt of the week Wow, that's super cool. And yeah. uh, it's just good to hang out with you, Mike. Great to see you, Mary Jane. And congrats again, and thank you. 
Thank you, and congrats to you. And um, you know, I love I love doing a loose moose. If folks like the loose mooses, we always love hearing from you about what you enjoy and what you want to hear more of. Like, if you have anyone that you think we should ask on the pod, please feel free to hit us up at wg at weedandgrub.com or slide into our DMs at weedandgrub on Instagram with that sweet blue check. Uh, and yeah, we are just excited for like all the stuff that's coming up. This feels like a, a year in which some things have shifted, hopefully back toward us being able to hang out with people in real life and do some really cool stuff. 100%. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye.